After dinner, I think I'd like to take a walk on the beach. He arched an eyebrow at her suggestion. Really? Why? If you're supposed to seduce me to keep me from uncovering anything of substance, wouldn't a walk on the beach be perfect? Besides, I'm a California girl at heart, but I've been stationed at a satellite office in Fort Worth for a few years. I haven't felt the sand beneath my feet in an eternity. There probably isn't much we're going to find out tonight anyway, so why not enjoy a few moments to ourselves while we observe everyone else? Sounds like a plan, he said. We'll eat dinner, then we'll come back here and change into something that is a little more beach-friendly. I didn't bring a suit, she said, not sure why she was feeling uncomfortable all of a sudden. She had suggested the beach, but talk of wearing a bikini was making her uncomfortable. Why? Don't worry about that. We have a store here, and I've been instructed by Ian and Arnold to charge everything to GRE. Great, she said with no enthusiasm. Don't worry, you look fantastic. I saw a suit in there when I was a companion two weeks ago. If it's still there, it caught my eye, and I would love to see you in it. Wait, you were with a client recently? Of course. That's my job. Did you have sex with her? Yes. His head was tilted slightly, confused by her line of questioning. The entire purpose of this resort is to give rich and powerful women an escape and some no-strings intimacy that they can't get other places. Sex is just sex to me. I enjoy it, of course. But it's just fun for me. I like to please women. So sex is nothing to you? Unless it's love. Then it will mean something. Have you been in love before? No. But I thought there was a mate for every shifter. I guess I heard something about that before, when I was 17 and they first started rounding shifters up. I was a little obsessed back then. I really wanted to wake up one morning to find a man outside of my window, declaring his soul-crushing need for me because I was his soulmate. Fated mate, Louise corrected. What an odd thing to fantasize about. It was ten years ago, and things change. It was a teenage flight of fancy. I really thought you'd be flattered. Were you dreaming of me? No, of course not. I didn't even know you yet. Then why would I find it flattering? Would you find it flattering if I said I've always wanted to sleep with a blonde? No, I would find you trite and just like every other man. They were silent for a long moment, each lost in their own thoughts. After almost a full minute, Tara stood and picked up her backpack. Let's have dinner. This conversation is a little too heavy for my tastes. Sounds good, but are you going to carry the bag with you everywhere? I have things in my bag that I can't risk losing. You mean your laptop? Yes. I don't think that anyone will bother your laptop. GRE wants you to write an article about them. No one is going to impede that. Tara leaned closer, putting her arms around his neck in case anyone was watching them somehow. She whispered into his ear, It's not a laptop. I know. And Arnold assured me that anyone who turned it on and tried to power it up 
would only find what appeared to be the desktop of a laptop. There's even the beginnings of the piece on Shifter Island. Didn't you look at it? His breath was warm on her ear, sending shivers up and down her spine as he whispered. No, I didn't. I've known Arnold a long time. Trust me, he thought of everything. Leave your bag here. I'm starving, and if I spend another minute in this room with you, with your arms around my neck like this, I might actually kiss you. Tara released him quickly, stepping back and placing the backpack on a flimsy wicker chair in the corner of the room. He laughed and grabbed her hand, pulling it to his lips and kissing her knuckles gently. You're a mess, he said fondly. But I like it. With that, he led her out of the hut and on to dinner. <laughs>